Welcome to another episode of the Badass Women of Central Park, where every time we bring you an awesome journey of a badass woman in our neighborhood. My name is Dan Clark, and it is my honor to host this podcast and get to learn from so many of you each time. It is my goal for you to see yourself as the badass you truly are. This week's badass is Megan Campbell. Megan is an Alaska native turned Coloradan since 2012. She left Alaska in 2000 and went to college at Arizona State University, getting a degree in business and communications. Before having children, she was an insurance agent for seven years and then a stay-at-home mom for two kids for four years. She considers herself to have workout ADD, meaning she has never found a workout she could stick with until she found bar. She started this business in July 2015 because she wanted to give her community and Denver a different option when it came to bar, and over the past seven years, it has morphed into something so much more. A place that allows people to feel to be themselves, that think outside the typical small studio box, and a place that people could achieve their goals in each and every class. She prides herself on her teaching style and creativity during every single class. Everything she does is outside the box, one step ahead and innovative. This podcast is brought to you by Mama Bird Memories, where we empower black, Latina, and indigenous women from Montbello through guided conversations with your loved ones. Now doing graduation conversation recordings, wisdom conversation recordings, and wedding conversation recordings. We are doing such good and important work on so many levels. Please support Mama Bird Memories. All right, good morning, Megan. It's so nice to virtually meet you. We don't know each other, which I really enjoy learning about people. But I feel like I know you from social media and interacting online with you. And um, you just seem like a very strong woman. So I'm very excited to learn about your experiences and, and what led um, you to be the way you are now. But the first question I have for you is something I'm sure a lot of people need to hear again and again and again. And I'm using this selfishly, too, is why is <laughs> fitness why is fitness important? Um, I think fitness, for the most part, it's a mental game. And it keeps you mentally strong, obviously, lifting weights, doing cardio, doing this, that, and the other, it keeps your body strong. But I think the hardest part of any fitness regimen or routine or whatever you want to call it is mental. You can talk yourself out of just about anything. And if you can get past that hurdle in the mental side, I mean, obviously it releases endorphins and it does all of this other stuff to keep you in it boosts your mood and all the rest but I really think that as a whole and in my age range 40 to 55 whatever um 35 to 45 it just really is a mental game and if you can get that mentally I think the rest kind of just falls into place it's so interesting to me as I reflect and hear you say this like it's so obvious to me that I should be in shape and that I should prioritize fitness but we just don't like people do. Right. I certainly just don't. And it's something where you do it for a long time and then you finally get where you want to be and it, you fall off and it goes so quick. And so it needs to be maintained. What are your kind of thoughts just in general, as you've done this work for, for a while now, why do people not prioritize it? Or what do you see that gets in the way of people really kind of committing to their health? Time, excuses, kids, spouses, anything that you want 
to get in the way will get in the way until again, that mental switch flips for you. When you finally decide to put yourself above all the rest. I mean, it's 30 minutes. I mean, you can do something for 30 minutes. And I did, I read somewhere a long time ago that if you're having a hard time finding time to do anything, write down what you do all day from start to finish. You'll find 30, 30, 45 an hour in there somewhere where you're not doing anything. So you can make that time to exercise or figure out what it is that you want to do the next day for exercise. And it's just, it's one of those things. If you can get to the point where you are, whatever you want to call ready for whatever it is, you're ready for your next beach vacation. You're ready for summer and the pools to open. You're ready for ski season. If you get ready and stay ready, you don't then have to get ready again. So it's just, I mean, again, it's just with the mind stuff. I mean, you flip that switch and you finally can get to the point where you will put yourself first. And I know that, I mean, I have two kids. I'm a single mom. I've been divorced for five years. It sucks. I have to do it too. So it's hard and I don't want to wake up in the morning. Nobody does. Um, but if that's the only time of the day that you can do it, then usually by the time you're done with your workout, you haven't even woken up yet and you don't really realize what happened and it's over. So <laughs> there's no way you won't feel better about it. And again, I'm talking to myself, but it's like, there's just yes. no every, you feel good for the rest of the day. I do. I like to do morning workouts when I'm at my best. Um, and, and this all reminds me of something that I saw online and talked about, and I, I certainly would use this phrase too. You would do anything for your kids, right? I would die for my kids and do that. And then someone said, but will you live for them? Will you live longer for them by right. prioritizing your health? Will you do these things? And also you're modeling it too, as I'm thinking of now. Um, and you're so right. I think that the consistency part of it is the key. Now, as we're doing this, it's January 5th. So I'm sure you get a lot of extra people mm -hmm. in the gym at this time, um, but they fizzle out and I'm certainly guilty of that too. And literally, is this, am I thinking of it incorrectly? Even if you did it consistently, like less, three times a week, whatever it is, two times a week, consistency over the long term is the the real factor not not yes. the intensity initially is that accurate yep i would say so i mean if you do if you go hard for 30 days and then don't do anything for 330 days i mean <laughs> you, there's no point in doing the 30 days to begin with so you have to find a balance between your own life your kids lives your spouse's lives partner, whatever. Um, and then your time that you need to do it. It makes people happy. Nobody regrets a workout. I, sh I mean, sure. It sucks while you're doing it and sucks to get your mind wrapped around getting there, but it's once you get there, it's easy. The hardest part is getting someplace to do the workout. Once you've gone, you're not going to walk out because everybody's looking at you. <laughs> So, yeah. I don't do any journaling, but I, I do because I can't read my own handwriting. But I've, I've within the last two years, I've started doing voice memos on my phone and recording uh -huh. kind of my, my daily thoughts. And it's been so powerful looking back on them. And of course, we're in January now. And so last year, I was started eating healthy at this time, started getting a workout. And I just look back and I'm like, damn it, if I would have kept this up for the right. year, how great I would have felt. The, all the, right. the, the stuff that I would have given up, I wouldn't have cared about that at all. 
Um, saying that, though, I do enjoy food. I enjoy beer. Um, I know there's a lot of wine drinkers, I'm sure, that listen. Can you be healthy working out and do this and still kind of enjoy life and enjoy food and things like that? What are your recommendations about those kind yes. of things? How do you, how do you find I a like balance? beer. I like cheeseburgers. I like French fries. I like all of it. Um, I specifically, I count my macros. So that gives me the leniency in anything. It doesn't make me feel like I'm on a diet. Um, I'm the type of person that says, if I tell myself I can't have something, that's all I want until I get it. And that's in every aspect of my life. It does not just food. Um, so I, the counting the macros, it keeps you, you can eat whatever you want, as long as it fits within these three parameters. And if you need a drink, great, have one. Um, it takes obviously more planning, just like anything. I mean, we have calendars, you know, some people have like seven different calendars first off and planning purposes, but then when it comes to their exercise and nutrition, suddenly there's no calendar. So, um, and the amount of time and money that we allow ourselves to spend on our kids, you won't then do the same for yourself. So it's interesting. And I think we're all stuck in this, on this hamster wheel going around and around. And yes, January brings lots of new people in. And for me, it sucks when they then fall off because you just busted your ass for 30 days, 60 days, whatever. And then you give up on yourself. So in a year from now, you'll probably wish that you started a year ago on whatever it is that you want to do. But um, in regards to the food stuff, I eat it all. I'll, I drink, I am not a, you can't have this type of thing. Um, food for me is fuel for my muscles. Your car won't start if it doesn't have gas in it. If you have an electric car, it won't start if you didn't plug it in. So it's the same concept. Your muscles won't grow. They won't get to where you want um, if you don't fuel them. And we're all in the generation where it's like, you know, 1200 calorie diet, that's the best way to diet. And it's not, I eat quite a bit counting macros and um, I'm never hungry and I eat whatever I want. So that's how I do it. I've never heard of macros before. Dumb down macros, explain macros to me so, so that I can understand, because I'm intrigued. So every calorie in your, I don't know, piece of bread has a carb, a fat, and a protein, and those are all broken down. Those are just macronutrients, and each one is, they're made up, every food is made up of all three. Some don't have any carbs, so um, some don't have any fat but there, your food in general is made up of carbs, fat, and protein. Dependent upon your weight, um, your height, your age, male or female, you then um, choose, or you choose, what do you wanna do? Do you wanna lose fat and gain muscle? Do you wanna stay the same weight that you are, but lean out? Do you wanna just gain muscle and that's it? Um, it's three different levels. You choose that. And then it kind of the program that I use, um, it then spits out the numbers for you and it's really easy. And then you scan the back of your food or put it in. And again, it does take planning, but once you wrap your head around it, it's super easy. 
So it's just a breakdown of each individual thing. You need X number of fat grams per day. You need X number of protein grams per day, and you need X number of carb grams per day. Um, we're again with that mindset of a no carb diet, carbs give you energy, carbs wake you up, carbs help you move. They fuel everything. Um, protein helps your muscles build. Like you need all of these things, but it's when you have too much of one thing and not enough of the other is when everybody gets a little off balance. So, or a lot off balance, I guess. And energy, I feel like I've never had, we've got a six-year-old and eight-year-old, I feel like I never have enough energy, whether I sleep enough, don't sleep enough, like it just always feels like it's there. But when I have felt good or when I'm working out, and like you talked about, I think so much of that is the mental side of it, of just feeling good about yourself because you did mm -hmm. this thing. And then I think, especially if it workouts in the morning too, the rest of the day seems easier to stay on track from an eating perspective right. and stay focused because you've put in that work and you don't want to ruin that too. So there's such sure. a mental game for it. Have these things and, and fitness been something you've always been into? Um, I have always been in sports. I was I started gymnastics when I was three. I'm six feet tall, so I kind of picked the wrong sport. Um, but I followed after my older sister, who's only five four. So um, I did gymnastics for thirteen years, and then did diving for another, I don't know, five or six. And then I really picked up working like. I never had to work out on my own. I was always told what to do in the sport I was in. So I didn't start actually exercising on my own until I was in college. And then it was, you know, here and there. Um, but when I got pregnant with my first, my daughter, that's when everything for me kind of started changing. And then, and then with my second, it was, um, just continued on. So but I've always, I've always had an interest in it. I've always been active. Sitting down for me is difficult. Um, so moving as much as I can is usually what's most beneficial for me. But of course, just like everybody else, I also like to sit in front of the TV for an hour and watch a show or so, you know, some binge watch something. Um, but I started like with the teaching stuff, the teaching side of it, I, it was actually over at Bladium. I can't remember the instructor's name now, but I was taking a bar class and that was the only thing that held my attention for longer than six weeks. I always say that I have workout ADD. I'll do something. I am all in for six weeks and then I get bored. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's a, the same for a lot of people doing the same thing over and over again is boring. So I was taking bar and I did it throughout my entire pregnancy with my second and then got back as soon as I can. And she mentioned me, um, getting certified. And so that's how that started. Did you have, and take me back as far as you want, as far as your career journey, because now you're running your own business. How did you, how do you see, as you look back on it, how did that typically our paths are very winding. How did your career path develop? If you'll take me through that a little so, bit. So right out of college, I, well, my senior year of college, I needed an internship um, to graduate. I went to Arizona State from Alaska. I got as far away from there as I possibly could and went to Arizona, not far away, but obviously temperature wise, it was totally different. Um, and I need an internship. So I got an internship at the insurance company that my sister was working for up in Alaska. 
down in um, Arizona and worked for them for, ended up working for them for eight years, finished my internship, asked for a raise, they gave me a job, whatever. Um, and then my ex-husband and I moved to St. Louis and I continued doing um, insurance there and then had my daughter. And that's when my, I think it was three years, three or four years maybe, stint of staying home started so I stopped working um hard not my favorite but whatever um and then got back into went back to work and I just kind of had a like a assistance job for somebody here in the neighborhood and and then after that when I got pregnant with my son I started doing the bar classes over there. And then I started teaching at Bladium. I taught at the rec center here. I taught at Colorado Athletic Club. Um, I taught at all those three places and it was every class that I taught was packed. But then I started getting in trouble with the, the um, head of fitness at the, the three different gyms because I guess people had complained that my classes were too hard. So I, they were like, can you make them so they're not so hard? And I was like, uh, no, that's dumb. What if somebody's really fit coming into the class and I've dumbed it down for, you know, somebody that isn't fit. And now the person that's too fit doesn't come back, whatever it is. Like you can modify everything. So I have always had the idea of making every class that I do as hard as I can get it. Obviously I still need to be able to do it, but make it as hard as I can. That way somebody in their top fitness tier can do it and they get a workout and somebody in the bottom fitness tier can do it and they still get a workout. You just modify it between the two. Um, and that, so I was like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. So I opened my own business and started doing it however I wanted to. And I have, yep, I have gone from three different, so I started outside, it was July, the 4th of July in 2015. And the business name back then, well, it wasn't really anything, but there was 25 people that showed up and we did bar outside and used the fence around the jet stream pool. And that's how I, I started. To, that's amazing. I wanted to ask, um, mentally at this time, you're jumping into something incredibly new, starting your own business. How were you, were you nervous? Were you just completely gung ho? What were, what were your kind of mental state as you dove into entrepreneurship? Yeah. And I had two kids at the time I was still married and my son was the youngest one. I think he was two going on to. Yeah. Um, and I've always been the type where I'll plan something and until that first person shows up, I'm so nervous. Like nobody's going to show up to your birthday party when you're in elementary school <laughs> type of feeling. Um, still now it happens with other things, but it's like, I was like, oh, can I cuss? I was like, oh shit, is anybody going to show up? I don't know, but here it is. I'll put it out there. Let's see. I've got all the equipment that you need. Um, we'll give it a whirl. And it just kind of took off from there, then from that class. And it was, oh, can you do it again next week? Oh, can you maybe do it on a Monday? 
cool. Can you, this is, you know, the middle of the summer. So it's warm outside. Can you do it really early in the morning? Okay. Well then we got to time it with the sprinkler system that goes on out there. <laughs> like, and at that point I officially started the business and it at that point was called bar in the park. So we were doing bar in the park. I mean, I didn't have to go far. I still don't have to go far. Um, but everybody came to the park and I started doing classes at six o'clock in the morning. And I had just one little tiny speaker and minimal weights. And then come, I think it was November. It was one of those days where it was like 70 degrees on Friday and we're getting our first snow on Monday. And I kind of had like an oh shit moment. I don't want to lose the momentum that we've gained over the last few months. What am I, sorry, my cat just jumped on my screen. What am I supposed to do? So moved everything in the garage to one side, threw up one bar across the length of the garage and put down some carpet squares and kept going. And that's how that started. That's how that started. And then in, uh, so I only did bar up until I think it was 2018. Maybe all I ever did, all I did was bar 2018. I rebranded and moved changed to bar central. Um, because we weren't outside in the park anymore. I had the garage fixed every once in a while. We'd still go outside just because if it was nice outside, everybody likes to be outside. So I had my garage converted into a studio drywall, put up bars, hung around the whole thing. The mirrors are in there. Floorings put in all the rest, heating, cooling, all that kind of stuff. And then into that, when I did the rebranding, I also launched a new format of class, which was the trampoline class. There was one other place in Colorado that did it. Um, not nobody else in Denver did it at the time. And so I bought a bunch of, I kept seeing all of these things in these different fitness companies in Europe doing this bounce class or rebound. So I gave it a whirl. I tried and uh, now, and then at that point, now I'm doing bar and bounce kind of marrying the two of them together, doing individual classes. Um, and now today I kind of have pigeonhole. I feel like I kind of pigeonholed myself into bar with the business names. So I have just switched it as of this month to BC fitness because I do personal training. We do bar. We have a sculpt class, which is like build your muscles, um, TRX, the trampolines. I kind of do it all at this point. And so I felt like that name of bar central kind of pigeonholes me into bar and that's not what we do anymore. So. Yeah, I think I'm sure that can be a scary process rebranding and going through that. And I'm kind of going through the same thing with our business currently and the momentum you built, you're worried about to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. But I, as I'm saying this out loud to him, thinking of the same advice that you talked about earlier, where if you were giving this advice to your children, you would tell them, just go for it. You'll be fine. Like move right. forward. Like, and so that mindset, I wanted to jump back a little bit and ask you, how was, I think that when you're running your own business and especially the way you started it, you're starting in the park, you're doing what you love, which is the teaching part, the exercising part. How was the transition to having other people teaching and that part of kind of the, 
moving the business forward in that way for you? Was that something that came natural? Is that tough to your time is now not used the way you necessarily want to use it all the time? What was that like? Yeah, it it's hard because it, at that point in time, I was also doing all of the ex, the workouts at the same time. So I was teaching, I was teaching three classes a day, Monday through Friday, a 6 a.m., a nine o'clock. And I was doing it full time, a six, a nine, and a 6 p.m. So I was working out three times a day and I was like, this is not, it's not sustainable for me to do this. Um, obviously when you're running your own business and I'm sure everybody can agree, giving up that control to somebody else. Now I'm putting my business in your hands, although it's only for one hour, but I want to make sure that if somebody new comes in, that they will come back. I know if I teach the class, I'm certain that they'll come back again. I have to give up that control when other people teach. So um, everybody wants to take my classes and not to, I mean, pat myself on the back, I guess, I, whatever. I want, but I want other instructors to teach like I do. The way that I teach is totally different. I've never taught the same class twice, all the way back to 2015. Never taught the same bar class twice. Um, Cause I feel there's got to be somebody else out there that is like me with that workout ADD that gets bored after six weeks or four weeks or whatever, doing the same thing. And personally, if you know what's coming, you sure as hell aren't gonna work as hard if you don't know what's coming. Cause you're like, oh, this is gonna be so much harder. I'm gonna take the modification here and then not do it or then work harder here. So music is always different. I do everything as much as I can different each day and for every class just so. I'm teaching the majority of them at this point. So I don't get bored and everybody else in the class doesn't get bored, but it was, uh, my divorce happened in there somewhere. So in 2017, that happened. It's been five years now. It, my business is my only source of income. It is my full-time job. Um, obviously during COVID it's, wrecked things quite a bit, but trying to come back to where I was in 2019. So we're getting there. Tell me a little bit about the lessons you've learned from that experience. I cannot even imagine what COVID must have been like on the group exercise experience, especially the smaller businesses and, and dealing with the fluctuations in the city's regulations and all of that stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, I listened to, so what am I? I'm not a gym. I'm not a hairstylist, you know, and it was all of these things. First, it was like, okay, gyms are shut down. Well, I'm not a gym. If there's only three people in the class, is that considered personal training? Like, you know, and it was just really hard to decipher. And a lot of the times, um, in this neighborhood specifically, I've never lived in any other ones with a business, but in this neighborhood specifically, it is very difficult to do things if everyone isn't in agreement with what I'm doing. 
So, you know, you've got the one person that doesn't like what you're doing and you get one bad review in this neighborhood and you're out of business. So, um, and it's unfortunate for a lot of businesses. Um, but I kind of, when it all happened and everything shut down, I mean, I followed all the, I followed all the rules. Um, when everything shut down, I kind of went back to what I did before. I taught all the classes. I did all the classes because then I had to make a quick, I made a really quick switch to live on Instagram. Um, I had never gone live on Instagram before. I think I've been live on Facebook once um, since Facebook was, you know, came about, but I switched it and shot it from my phone. So I hooked my phone up to a, I don't know, tripod thing and shot it from there. And I then went back to what we used to do where I was doing the entire workout because now you're watching from here. I can't quick show you. If you look away, you come back, I'm still talking. You have no idea what we're doing. Nobody else in classes, you know, you're on your own. So we did that for a while. Um, I didn't change my pricing for that. I know a lot of places did. I didn't, um, just because I'm still doing the same thing. It's you're still getting a good workout. I'm still committing my time to it. You're committing your time to being with me. And then it was kind of, it just progressed from there. So I then cut all my class. They were all an hour long. At that point in time, I cut them all down to 45 minutes. Cause I was like, I can't do this for three full hours a day. I'm dying. So, um, cut that back. And it's just, you know, the uncertainty of all of it. I think it's the same for anybody, whether you have a business or not, the uncertainty of every, we had no idea what was going on. Obviously now it's more annoying than anything, but I don't, there's no rules any, you know, in regards to gyms and COVID and all the rest. So nobody comes, we're a tight knit community in here. So nobody comes if they're sick anyway. So I, for the first time, semi-recently tried group exercise. I'd never done it before. And it was like, yeah, just a completely different thing. And I think that may be the answer too for the time. If you're committed and have kind of that network of people who see you mm -hmm. regularly. And I think the smallness can help with that too. Um, can you talk to me about that a little bit too? Just what you see with the the people who um, who work out with you and, and the, the friendships that even kind of strengthen during that process. Do you see that too? People getting closer through the work? Yes. I, I mean, even my friendships with my clients have developed into something like I've known some of these people now for almost eight years. Some of the people that came to my bar class on the 4th of July in 2015 are still coming to classes. So now I don't consider them my clients anymore they're now my friends. And I think the community that I've built is above and beyond what anywhere else you can find. Honestly, I don't have any rules. I just want you to show up. If you show up for the last 15 minutes of class, cool. That's all you had. Awesome. You got here. I don't care. You know, if you want to do it in shoes, if you want to do it in socks, I don't, you know, I don't have any rules. You don't have to wear something specific, come in your pajamas, um, bring a lot of the times 
And I knew this from when my kids were little, that none of the gyms around here allow your kids to come when they're babies. Um, I think they're all, they've all changed now. You have to be at least one or something like one and walking. So I've had babies come in and their moms bring them little teeny tiny headphones and leave them in their bucket seat, car seat and stick them in the corner and do the class. The music just lulls them to sleep. And yeah, so I've had people through their whole pregnancy and then their kids come in with them and now their kids are in school and every once in a while, a kid that I haven't seen in years shows up because they're not feeling well and they're not at school. So they sit inside my house and watch a TV show or watch an iPad and their moms are still able to get their workout done. So the community aspect, I think, has been huge for me and especially through my divorce was huge. And then it's an easy way to make new friends and women come in here that are new to the neighborhood and don't know anybody. And I mean, now there's no men that come in for whatever reason, I don't know, but the stuff that we talk about during class is stuff that you would talk about having a glass of wine with your girlfriend. We're just working out. So makes it go by faster, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, you would definitely the next day rather have had the workout than the than the wine. But as we right. talked about earlier, why not both? You can do you can do yes. you can have it all. You can. Um, and I anytime I have a new client that comes in and it's mostly whether it's in the group classes or with the personal training stuff, pick one thing. If you have I, this is my explanation for it always. If you have two hills to climb, meaning you're not working out and your nutrition is off the rails, pick one. Picking both of them, which a lot of people do in January, you then fall off in February because you're like, uh, this is too much, whatever. So pick one, the other one falls into place. You can do as much as you want with your nutrition, but if you don't get the exercise portion of it in there, you're gonna hit a plateau. And same thing, you can, run until you're blue in the face or lift weights until you're blue in the face but you're going to hit a plateau on that also until you hit your nutrition so pick one if you need my help for the fitness i'll help you if you need my help for the nutrition i'll help you i'm not a nutritionist but i've done it all um and then go from there and that's i feel is sustainable for most people it's when you get the two going and you're no carb, no sugar, no alcohol, no this, no that. Plus now all of a sudden you're working out five days a week for an hour a piece. It's a really easy way to get burned out on it and nobody can really last much past 30 days anyway. So yeah, it's a long helps. game and that, it's a long yes. game. That's something I long game. Like. You're, you're yes. going for forever, not for the moment or anything. And that's something I need to remind myself constantly and in, in those yes. like incremental steps and the other thing that I am certainly guilty of that I see from other people too is if you do fall off the wagon and you have a terrible day with nutrition like you just give up at that point well right. like for me it's like the day like oh I ate terribly this morning oh I'm just this day's gone I'm gonna eat terribly all day right of, like, and really it's thing. I mean whether it's a whole day a half a day a meal or not who cares you ate it get over it move on you're not going to gain there's no such thing as gaining five pounds in a day. It's not physically possible. 
Um, that's why I also try to encourage everybody to stay off the scale um, because it's going to go up. And especially for women, it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And you can be doing the same diet as your male spouse, partner, whatever you want to call him. And he's five pounds down and you're five pounds up. Stay, you know, stay off the scale. And you can't really gain real weight in even a week's time. I mean, it takes work to gain weight. It takes work to lose weight. It takes work to gain muscle and takes work to lose muscle. So it just all, unfortunately, takes work. There's no easy way around it. But work you would so like be willing to put in if you, the payoff is so worth it. And it just takes longevity. Again, I'm talking about something like it's just, it's so obvious to me that I need to do better. Yeah. And, and the timing and making time and that all stuff is is important. Well, the other thing that I think that I'm certainly guilty of, and I'm sure a lot of your people listening would be guilty of too, is the investment. Um, you can do a lot of exercises by yourself. You can do this stuff by yourself, but it seems yep. like it's so different when you are committed and spending money on something makes you go do it. One, working with professionals and having that accountability is impactful too. If it works, you'll always be thrilled with the investment you put into it, certainly, Absolutely. but you're, it's only dependent on you making it work. Yes. Um, how do you explain the investment side of to people? It can't be inexpensive or else you couldn't run your business. Like all these things need to happen. But how do you how do you kind of um, explain that part of it, the investing in yourself? So in regards to the actual you know, monetary investment of it, I don't have any overhead. My business is run from my house. So... I have that going for me, which truly did help during COVID because I don't have to pay rent, um, you know, and it wasn't that I can't even imagine having an, you know, brick and mortar space and having to figure out where you're, you know, how you're going to pay your rent that month because nobody allowed you to not pay it. So um, I am able with that, I am able to keep my prices lower. And I don't think that that translates into you're getting less. It's just, I can keep them lower. I want fitness and all of this stuff, group, personal, whatever it is to be affordable for everybody. I don't like the idea of, yes, you, we all have to make money and you have to make money. If you're running your business and this is your business, you have to make money from it. So do as you please. For me, I want people that, you know, okay, somebody's trying to save money over here, but they can still afford this. And we had talked about it earlier. You'll spend whatever you need on your children to up their game in their sports, soccer, football, baseball, whatever stuff. You'll spend whatever you need on them. It's okay to spend the same on yourself as well. So it's just the in time investment, the mo the money investment, I think it all it all pays off and it's like I read something a long time it's like 4 weeks you 4 weeks of doing it you'll notice 8 weeks your friends will notice 12 weeks everyone else notices. So 12 weeks really isn't that much time as long as you continue going from 12 weeks and don't then drop back off <laughs> again and stop working out or stop eating properly or whatever. So. I, I heard that something very similar and I loved it. It's, it was something like the, the first month you'll feel it. The second month you'll see it. And then the third month you'll hear it. 
because people are yep. saying, yes, yeah. I just loved it. But really, and going back to the kids, what you want is that energy for them that, that you know, like you're, you're that's such a good way to look at things. And I always recommend to other people that they look at it that way, what they would recommend to their kids, but I don't do it enough for myself. Um, that's wonderful. Okay. Um, we're, as we're winding up here, I never asked you the question, how do you feel in the badass meter? Or do you feel like yourself or are you or a badass? How do you feel about that? Sometimes, <laughs> um, I am doing as much as I can physically, mentally, emotionally to keep my business going as it stands right now. Um, a lot of businesses opened post COVID in the neighborhood. Um, so I'm trying to revamp things, redo things. Everybody wants to do something new, you know, and everybody is on a wave bar only lasts for so long and it dropped off. It'll come back up again. Um, all of those types of things, they all drop off. And I've been through all of them in the last almost eight years. I've been through all the waves. So I'm hoping that what I'm doing now will keep my business going. And that's all I, I mean, that's all I can hope for. So badass, I guess. Sure. Today. Yes. I feel like a badass. There you Over go. Over Christmas. Certainly... No, I didn't feel like a badass. <laughs> well, you certainly are one. It's been so fun learning about you. And yeah, one thing that I do a poor job of is, and I think with entrepreneurship, running your own business, it's very difficult to look at all the positives and the things that you've done and look at yourself positively because you're always looking towards the next thing. And for me, yes. one of the problems I have is I can't shut my brain off to it. Um, uh -huh. And the work that I'm doing in an entrepreneurship way is nonprofit and I'm not making money off of it. So it's not, that's not my source of income. So I, I think when you throw that in there, then it makes it really stressful, I'm sure, to be able to, to pat yourself on the back or, or support yourself in the way you would others because you're needing to look forward to the next yes. thing. Um, what do you see for yourself next moving forward? What are your kind of goals moving forward? Um, in regards to my business, um, get it back to where it was in 2019. Um, again, it has been a major struggle. And I think any small business, no matter what it is, can attest to the emotional side of it. It sucks. It sucked. And these last two years have sucked, but I'm hoping if I can just hang on for, I think I can hang on for an, if I can just hang on for another quarter, I can, I think I'll get it back to where it was. And it's always, I'm not necessarily procrastinating by any means, but I always have been a procrastinator and it's for something mental for me. I like to challenge myself. So this is a challenge for me and I'm hoping that it will be back to what it was my kids are in sixth and third grade now and it's a lot easier than when they were babies um they're finally realizing that I have a job um <laughs> so that was a big thing like oh well you're not working as a business owner you are always working whether you know and whether you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing whether for me if I'm teaching a class or have a training client or whatever that's one thing, but it's the back end that, you know, everybody needs something and they want the answer immediately. And so 
spending more time with my kids. Yes. And getting my business back to where it was a few years ago and I'll be happy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and um, you are awesome. I want to close out all these podcasts now with you've already owned it, but I want you to say it again. I want you to close out with I'm Megan Campbell and I am a badass. I am Megan Campbell and I am a badass. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Please go to iTunes or whatever provider you're listening on and give us a rating so we can do more of this important work. Please keep sending me suggestions of people we should interview on this show. And finally, and most importantly, please always remember that you, yes you, are a badass.